When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Native Community Capital is your trusted partner for home loans or financing your business. Visit us at nativecap.org or call us at 855-628-2272. Let's work together to rebuild tribal economies. Nurturing Indigenous Intelligence is a grassroots organization based on the Hopi Reservation. They work to alleviate the hardships in the community through acts of giving, from distributing school supplies, volunteering at various places, and working to expand their services. Follow them on Instagram at NurturingI Squared and on Facebook at NI Squared Team to find out more. Terraform Development is a Navajo and Hopi-owned engineering, architectural, and project management firm located in northern Arizona. The company has full-time staff and comprises of Navajo and Hopi employees. Terraform services include civil engineering, residential design, drone mapping, and project management on projects for your need. Terraform is a Priority One Navajo Certified Business and Hopi Business License Certified. Contact Terraform Development at T-E-R-R-A the number 4ORM.com and follow them on Instagram at Terraform Development. Columbia Law PLLC is 100% native owned and operated, founded by Vern Columbia. Their practice areas include corporate law, business transactions, finance, economic development, gaming, casino development, online gaming, real estate, environmental permitting and approvals, telecommunications, government affairs, employment and labor relations, historic preservation and cultural resources, and energy. Columbia Law is committed to making positive and lasting change in our communities as they support nonprofit volunteering community activism and employing Indian preference in hiring and vendor relations. Are now listening to the Carl and J Man Save the World podcast. I am your host, the Fight Star, Fight Diamond Chef J Man, and with me, Mister Get Slaps a Lot, Carl. Good morning, everybody out there on the Hopi Reservation. My name is Carl, and thank you for listening to Carl and J Man Save the World podcast. Yes, it is a glorious day today. And we are having a blast for our final, final, final uh, ep- uh, episode for this season, season seven. For fuck's sake, I thought we got past that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you had completely forgot about that type of <laughs> introduction. And lo and behold, very last episode of the season, it comes back. Uh, it, it, You know... Um, I wanted to bring it back because it brought back a lot of memories, a lot of joyous memories, you know, and, uh, and plus two, I mean, it's such a great day that we're recording on. I mean, it's such a beautiful day. It's, it's that perfect 68 degree weather. You know, it, it's like, it's, it, you can, you can wear a very, very light sweater. You know, remember that Miss uh, Congeniality, what's yeah. your perfect date? Yeah. Yeah. April, whatever, what did she say? It was like April something. <laughs> Cause it's not too hot. It's not too cold. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. That's the perfect thing. It is. It, it is a very beautiful day today here on Hopi land. And uh, I, I think that we're going to have to start this episode off with another appreciation for my co-host here, Carl, because last week was a little brutal. Uh, he got slapped quite a bit by a different variety of demographic people. And so uh, it was a little bit of a rough week. And so we just like to express my appreciation to Carl and uh, hope your face feels a whole lot better. Yeah, all the the coyote women out there who are probably listening to this, you know, they they saw that opportunity and man, they ran with it. <laughs> they ran with that whole thing and man, it was it was brutal. <laughs> and so here we are on the very last episode of uh this season and so definitely am going to get 
my thank yous out of the way because this will be a very long episode. So strap in, hold on to your butts. And I'd like to share some appreciation for some very special folks out there. Reminds me of that Family Guy episode. Did he say strap in or strap on? (laughs) (laughs) This will go a lot faster if you stop interrupting me, Carl. (laughs) Go ahead. And so I'd like to give a special shout out to our 30 pack circle of givers. I'd like to give a special kwakwa to Alexis Kehi, Michaela Williams, Terry Hanani, Troy Lamovaya, Brandon Coyne, brand new uh, 30 pack contributor. Uh, thank you to Marie Nachi, Deidre Leslie, Aaron McEmrys, Donovan Goldtooth, our boy Dion Senia. Millard Gowanyama, Gary Lomayesva, and my good buddy Mikel Larzaler. Congratulations to the new addition to your family and Guacqua from Carl and J-Man. And also like to share some additional thanks to some very special organizations, companies that have been supporting us and they're going to allow us to finally do that uh, Carl and J-Man retreat out in Hawaii. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, a big shout out to Terraform Development, a big shout out to Native Community Capital, big shout out to Kowan Vioma Law PLLC, and big shout out to Nurturing Indigenous Intelligence. In addition to our sponsors that we're so very grateful for, for sponsoring season seven, I'd also like to express some thank yous to uh, Native Issues Conference and our guys, uh, John and Eric, who we recorded with once a month and were featured still on KTNN. And so if you uh, want additional content outside of just the podcast that we are featured once a month on KTNN through Native Issues Conference and like to shout out KNF for our home here at Peace Academy Studios and shout out to her. And I don't know if there's anybody that you'd like to think. Well, you know, you said it all. I mean, thank you. Thank you for everybody out there. And thank you to all the listeners, actually. Thank you for every one of you who has kept us going, you know, without your... Without your listenership out there, we would uh, we would just be talking to ourselves, and that kind of gets boring sometimes. So, which is how we originally thought it was going to yeah. be. But thanks to all the listeners out there, that we have so much more folks to talk to, and we really appreciate all the feedback and the comments that you have given us. And then there was actually another shout out that I'd like to uh, give a shout out to that we are no longer the sole podcast out here on uh, Hopi Land, and so I'd like to give a shout out. To uh, the Not Wanting Coalition. Not Wanting Coalition. Yeah. And uh, I believe it's called the Native Farm Farm Talk, talk Podcast. Yeah. yeah. Native Farm Talk 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 Podcast. <laughs> Native Farm Talk Podcast. Native Farm Talk Talk Pod. No. Native Farm Talk Podcast. Try saying that five times fast. <laughs> and so well, I'd like to give them a shout out. I believe the podcast is up and running now. Yeah. And so yeah. Uh, give them, definitely if you're listening to us, give them a listen to as well in supporting our local Hopi podcast. Exactly. And we are actually the, uh, what are they, the trailblazers for Hopi podcasters out here. And if you guys do want to uh, start up your own podcast, it's very, very simple. Uh, you know, just go to anchor.fm slash uh, anchor.fm just to get started. And it, you don't need anything. You just need a phone or you just need a mic, uh, you know, just that plugs into your laptop. It, it's very, very simple. Just choose a topic and everything goes as planned like that. That's how we started. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and speaking of Hopi podcasts, I'd like to give a shout out to our boy also, Jose Acevedo, who is also another Hopi podcaster out there. And so, you know, he's got yeah. his podcast about uh, Finding Arizona, the Finding Arizona podcast. Yeah, he's still doing his own thing like that. Um, but I'm pretty sure that he's like doing like fathership stuff now. Oh, like, that's you know, right. Yeah, that's right. he's just doing like a, because he has a newborn and whatnot. And so he's he's all up in arms with all the, the newborn stuff. So, uh, but yeah, shout out to him as well too. So thank you. And so thank you. And so one of the things that I kind of wanted to bring up before we got into the main part of our topic was that uh, there was a lot of uh, things going on over the weekend, a lot of action going on over the weekend. Yeah. I believe that there were some big things as it's related to Hopi weddings. There were some, uh, I don't know what you call those things, uh, taking food, I guess. The ladies were taking food to potential um husbands potential grooms and so that was the big talk it was uh, uh, social media over the weekend it was it was like um it was like a protest <laughs> <laughs> it was the first time that actually hopi 
uh, got together in protest for something like, you know, it's not for the greater good, but it was just like, you know, <laughs> it was like Woodstock. It was like, <laughs> when's, the, when's the next band going to come on? <laughs> <laughs> and you know i i i know that i believe that there were two of them right yeah there, there were two uh proposals i yeah. guess that yeah. happened and i don't even know where the hell that they happened because i know that the res famous wife was telling me about them but one of the habits that my wife gets into and i'll get in trouble for this but this is very true and in, in my attempts to help all married hopi men out there is that she tends to tell me three things at once <laughs> And in her head, I'm pretty sure that she she believes that she's making sense, but possibly because my brain works a little bit slower and can't process information as quickly as she's disseminating it. But she was telling me all these things and I was confused the whole time. And so, you know, I had this big question mark over my head. And then as these events started happening, I'm like, oh, that's probably what she was talking about when she was yeah. trying to tell me yeah. about all these uh, ladies that were taking their their Nova to try to get married. And so that was kind of the big thing. You saw a lot of pictures on social media, yes, yes. a lot of videos on social media of what was going on. You had some real rowdy ladies out there. Yes. Yes. Trying to uh, protest and try to fortify their villages, trying to keep this food from going into their sweethearts and uh, it, it, it's funny to me because then it, it becomes like an event, like like it's a legit event. It, it is. And you don't even have to show up. You don't have to be there to see what's going on <laughs> and to see who's involved. You, you know, um, we talk about like the, the reservation being so vast, but in actuality, the re- reservation is so small. So we know what's going on in the next village or so. <laughs> And I I think that attests to the power of social media. I know recently we kind of talked about social media in one of our past episodes because we've never really had this talk as far as like what our own social media practices are or the things that we like to share or don't share because, you know, I've heard other podcasters talk about social media and what they think the rules of social media are or what they think uh, as far as their own opinions of what they like to share and don't share and you know Hopis and social media it's a real interesting thing because we've talked about it a lot that social media tends to become the new moon that it tells everybody out there what's going on out in the Hopi land exactly and you know you you are a unique person as far as social media goes because you do have social media accounts but you don't share a whole lot. No, no, I don't. What, what, what? Why do you not share a lot on social media? Well, because I'm a traditional Hopi. And <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I just, you know, because we had MySpace when we were growing up, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we had MySpace, and I, I think I still have my MySpace account somewhere floating around, and. And I thought it was pretty cool because I started sharing like my band equipment and like my <laughs> hair. My hair was going down. And, you know, in high school, you, you got all of these cool things like that and you share them. And that was that was like very, very um, it wasn't like uh, it wasn't like out there. You know, mm-hmm. I thought it was out there. It's like, yeah, I got to. Yeah. You know, people are looking into my lives now and stuff like that. But now on social media, it's like everybody knows who you are and what you live for. And everybody knows like uh, your life. Mm-hmm. It's like you're you don't even know who they are, but they know who you are. <laughs> well, I've always thought of social media kind of like those online role playing games. You know, yeah. like I don't know what they're called. Dungeons and Dragons yeah, yeah. Or, or something to that extent. Because a person could completely fabricate their actual their, their reality online by yeah. what they choose to yeah. share, and and anybody that's out here, we all have that one Facebook friend or we all have that one Instagram friend. Like we know them in real life, yeah. And so yeah. when we see them posting what it is that they post, and our we're rolling our eyes. In the back of my mind, we're thinking this person is not like that at all in real life. Yeah, this person's an asshole, or this person's a, a bitch. Yeah, and then they're all wishing everybody, you know, good prayers and be safe out there in the world. And so, and I, I, I kind of, for me, social media, like I, I kind of, I'm kind of like half and half on it. Like a part of me finds it useful. Yeah, because I can connect with people. That I've met throughout my life Yeah That otherwise I'd probably completely lose touch of But then yet through this There's still some sort of connection To where I can see 
how their lives are going, even if I'm not directly communicating with them, but what they share, I can see what their lives are like. And so that's what I like about it. But I have such a disdain for it as well, because then I feel like a lot of people, they use it to uh, clout chase. Yeah. That that they act like that they're about something when really they're just fishing for likes, they're just fishing for attention. And, you know, because I was thinking about it as far as social media goes, like certain people really like to push certain things through yeah. their Facebook. Yeah. Like a lot of people love to share culture. They love to brag about the culture or other people. They just really like to promote themselves when they accomplish something. Yeah. And they really like to promote that. And I started to think to myself, what do I like to push? What do I like to promote? What do I like to brag about, basically? <laughs> and what it's come down to is I really like to brag about my Phoenix Suns fandom. Yeah. Because I've been a fan since 1993. Yeah. And I have all these pictures and all these really old jerseys yeah, to yeah. back it up. And so I like to talk shit that, you know what, I, I've been a Suns fan since for a long time. Yeah. And now that they're doing really good that I can brag about my team and brag about the fact that I've been a fan for so long because now you have the NCAA tournament going on, the the, the basketball tournament. And there are people out there that I have never seen talk about the Kansas city Jayhawks that I have never seen talk about the university of North Carolina Tar Heels. And now they talk about them. Like they've been fans for years. Yeah. And I'm like, F that. I never, seen you guys talk about these teams and you know it just goes back to our last episode where i just i just really hate bandwagons i i despise them i'm a bandwagoner so i just only choose the teams who win so i never <laughs> lose and that's my teams i'm like yeah i'll choose that one they, they look pretty cool <laughs> well i'd like to thank the listeners out there for um putting up with my randomness because I, I do like chances to talk about just random regular you, stuff. You know, uh, we were, I was talking to uh, Mike Yao over the weekend and we were talking about like how communication is failing us. Mm-hmm. You know, we have, we have texts. We can, we can send a text within seconds. You know, we can call within seconds, but then yet we don't, we don't just like, you know, call to say, Hey, how are you doing? Yeah. Or like text, how are you doing? Yeah. It's just always like, you know, Hey, I need something <laughs> or like, Hey, uh, what are you doing this weekend? You know, no, all of those things no like kidding. that. No and, kidding. and we were talking about that and it's like, nobody writes anymore. You know, I yeah. miss going to the post office. We're getting like a little letter or like a postcard from somebody that you haven't you know, talk to in a long time uh-huh. and it's all handwritten and you're like reading about their, like they're part of their little life story. Like, you know, Oh, we went to California, you know, this past weekend, it was great, you know, and you know, a little picture on the side and stuff like that. Nobody sends those anymore. We, we only reach out to each other when we want some. Yeah. And, and that's how, that's how, you know, media has taught us now is that we're always online, but yet we're always not there to do something it's like we're there but we're not there at the same time the 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 funny thing too about social media is that you got a lot of hopis like something happened like there's an event or something yeah gathering something they're all happy about it they want to share so they take a picture of it and then they post it online and then there's always some sort of disgruntled relative in the comments like uh, no one told me that this was going oh yeah yeah i've seen that before (laughs) no one told me that you know (laughs) we were doing this and it's just funny to me because then it's like you know that that's just how it is out here is that you can't be happy about anything (laughs) because then somebody's gonna be pissed off that you're happy or that they're gonna be pissed off that they missed out on whatever it is that that what was going on yeah and then so now like for me like i i feel like that cancel culture has really fucked me in the head because like i'm so weary about what i share now not just only in my personal social media accounts yeah with with our with uh professional yeah social media accounts and it's just like who's gonna get pissed off if I share this yeah because just this morning through my work I shared some information and it's supposed to be information that's going to help the community that's supposed to be a good thing for the community and then there's somebody in the comments kind of bitching about something and it's like what the fuck exactly I mean like uh, you you can't have something good for yourself you always have to have 
you always have to get to their level where it's like, how come you have it good for you and I have to have it bad for myself? So I'm going to comment on this whole thing like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's always been like that. I mean, mm-hmm. even without social media, there's always been that person going up to a crowd and saying, you, hey, you know, you have to be like me and be sad and <laughs> and uh, be morose and stuff like that. And and I, I think that's why I really appreciate the podcast. Because, oh, yeah. And, you know, some of the things that I talk about on here, especially that are real of my own opinions, that I don't want to share that on social oh, media. Oh, yeah, yeah, because yeah. I don't want to have to deal with all the people talking shit on the comments and then having to respond. And so, you know, that's <laughs> why I really appreciate being able to do this on the podcast. Yeah, that's true. I don't really respond to anything, so... <laughs> I just leave it as long as as long as I'm happy, you know, you can be the same way as well too. So <laughs> And so now I'm trying to figure a clever way of how to transition from this conversation to the main <laughs> to the main topic, topic of the conversation. Because today's uh, topic is uh, becoming hopey. Yeah. And so I thought about this topic through events that happened over the weekend because I was down in my village that yeah. we had a big community thing going on. We had our ditch cleaning and so I was able to see a lot of people that I haven't seen in a very long time. And so it made me feel real happy to be amongst my uh, the men of our village. And then also, too, you also kind of played a part in the deciding the topic for today because you're always saying, quote, unquote, I am a real Hopi. And so, like, what does that mean? What does that mean, being a real Hopi? And so becoming Hopi, that they're very recently through the uh, Hopi Cultural Preservation Office, that they produced a publication that's yeah. called Becoming Hopi. Yeah. And so in this book that there's all this different information as far as our history goes, as far as the history of our clanships, the clanships itself, histories of our land, history, well, not necessarily history, but I guess ideas, ideologies of how Hopis think and so forth. And so, you know, I remember when the publication first came out that it was like a lot of people were talking about it online. Uh-huh. A lot of people were talking about it on Facebook. For those that were lucky enough to get this book that, you know, it shares a lot of information because, you know, unfortunately that a lot of us don't know this information and it's something that we've talked about. Before yeah, it a is. Lot. It is crazy because like, you know, our usually our Tahas or, you know, our clan members are supposed to start sharing all of this type of information with us. Like, you know, where our clanship came from and to where how we should act in the in the Hopi society, basically. And not a lot of it is being taught today. We have to, there, there are actually, um, what, what is it called? The school programs mm-hmm. that actually teach these different mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. And I guess, you know, kind of some more ideas is that since we've been doing some of these more Hopi-centric topics that there have been folks out there reaching out to me and asking me, you know, what books could I read to yeah. learn more yeah. about Hopi? And, you know, I, I do agree with a lot of folks in that, that the books will only teach you so much. Oh, yeah. And probably the most important information that the books will teach you is, is history-related, but that there's so much more as far as, like... How a Hopi thinks, how yeah. a Hopi thinks about the world, how the hope, how a Hopi thinks as far as spirituality goes, because then I think that you know as far as what this idea of becoming a Hopi is, is that being born to a Hopi mother is only a part of it. That being born doesn't necessarily give you the full authority of calling yourself Hopi. Hopi, yeah. That there's so much more to it, and that when you hear a lot of the elders, a lot of the Wu Yunkum out here talking about what it means to be a Hopi, I've always compared it to this idea of becoming a Jedi. Because <laughs> when you think about the old Star Wars yeah, movies, yeah. Like the three, the original trilogy, that to become a Jedi. That it was a lifestyle. Yeah. And that there was a training to it. And then I remember, I always remember to, to the Return of the Jedi when Yoda tells Luke that when you fight Vader, he tells him, then and only then will you be a Jedi. Meaning that outside of that interaction with his father, then he's not going to be a Jedi. Yeah. Because I've always thought that Hopi's thought of what it means to be a Hopi was very similar to becoming a Jedi. That you had to have this certain type of mindset, that you had to live a certain way, that you had to 
undergo some sort of process. And so when this idea of becoming a Hopi, that there are several steps within our lives that we're supposed to go through or that we're supposed to accomplish in order to get to this state to where we're a, a quote unquote real Hopi. And so some of those things, uh, like I mentioned, is being born into it. So how many midichlorons of uh, Hopi do you have? Because <laughs> I have over uh, I have over 25,000. Yeah, and it's it's very, very high. I, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> that's from Star Wars. Remember when the, <laughs> the midichlorons, that's how you become a Jedi. I, I'm talking about the movies. I'm not talking about the comic books. I'm not talking <laughs> about... The, the the novels, <laughs> the the things that the real nerds. But that's how you become the Jedi's, the midichlorons. It's it's the it's the essence. It's the essence that to become a real Jedi. And I think that Hopis have that midichlorons. <laughs> so like okay, so um, in my in my opinion is that there are a lot, and I know I'm probably gonna get flack for this as well too, is that a lot of urban urban Hopis. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm rolling my eyes. That's why he's. No, no. Okay. So like a lot of urban Hopis, the ones that were born into Hopi or have Hopi parents or have Hopi mothers or fathers, they're the ones who are trying to, you know, up themselves to say that I'm a real Hopi as well too, not taking part in like all of these uh, Hopi events or like not speaking the language or not doing things on the Hopi reservation like they'll come out every weekend and say that oh yeah I'm helping my people but then go back and have a, a, a frappe uh, from Starbucks that you know and, and go to Target afterwards you know it's it's not like they're living out here every single day dealing with the problems of what Hopi has yes you can come out and be a Hopi for one day or two and say that oh I'm very thankful for being Hopi because I'm a Hopi you know my mother Hopi she was she you know she was in boarding school or you know oh yeah she went to this thing that's why I'm like this but I still want to you know learn my Hopi side well then come live out here oh no no you guys live like the you know cavemen out here and it's like where's the where's the Starbucks out here I, I, I don't know if that would be the answer to my question, but I did mean I did mean to ask you this question. I didn't think it was going to be in this episode, but since we're on the topic, <laughs> why do you hate hate urban natives so much? I don't hate urban natives. I just hate the idea that they they bring. You know, like it's not like it's not like they live out here all the time and then say that hey, you guys should live like this or you guys should do this in this way here or like bringing in like solutions that are not real on the Hopi reservation. And then when you say that, hey, why don't you come out here and live out here for, you know, X amount of years and then you can see what it's really like. And then they said, no, I have a real life in, you know, in Flagstaff in Phoenix. <laughs> and they're like, but I just wanted to suggest that. And it's like, don't suggest things that you're not going to do. <laughs> that's why I hate that idea. You know, I don't that, hate that, the that's people. That's why you hate urban natives. I don't hate urban natives. I hate the idea of like the urban native. Well, well, to all the urban natives out there, J-Man appreciates you guys. I, I understand the struggle because I was an urban native for well over 10 years. <laughs> you still and are so. an urban native. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I guess we can uh, move on with the conversation. But then, you know, because I, I, I did, you know, because as far as the idea of this topic that you have this phrase that you like to say that you're a quote unquote real Hopi. Yeah. So what does that mean to you? It just means that I I still do a lot of things with um, like like living on the reservation, dealing mm -hmm. with reservation problems, mm -hmm. dealing with everyday situations that do happen on the reservation. That stuff that doesn't make it into Hopi Tidivani or doesn't stuff that doesn't make it into Facebook. You know, a lot of the problems that still arise. Yes, you can. We, we see them on Facebook all the time. But a lot of it doesn't end up in social media. It's just ending up in like, like you know, the deaths, the the suicides, the you know, all of this, all of the things that do happen on the reservation. Yes, it is a very, very, um, uh, you know, a drastic type of things. All this drama and stuff like that. And being like that, it's 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 like trying to be a real Hopi in the 21st century, a traditional Hopi in the 21st century. Like, you know, we were, what we were doing is we were talking about like 
farming. We were talking. This was the topic. This was the dinner topic about that. We we're talking about farming, and we we're saying that you know we can pray all we want. We can pray to the gods itself, to the rain gods, to make sure that our the, the rains come and to water our plants. But yet, when you see something on social media like, oh, my corn is doing real well. Like you know, you have all of these big corn and squash and stuff like that because people are proud of it. And when you look at your own field, because you don't want to water your own plants, you just want to pray to the rain gods and have them do it for you. And that's what, like you know, it's very, very hard seeing those types of things on the Hopi reservation because you want to be like that. You want to have that 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 stuff like that. That's what's presented in front of you. But yet you're still you're so trying so hard to be a, a, like a traditional Hopi. Rather than like being like a social media Hopi, where it's like you know, oh, I'm praising myself, <laughs> <laughs> I'm praising myself for about a minute here, and then making sure that everybody's proud of me for about a quick second, and so that's <laughs> I think that's what it's like. It's very very hard for uh, traditional Hopis to be traditional in the 21st century. I I, I think that at least you know the point of trying to be a, a quote unquote real Hopi in the 21st century. I think that that's such a, a complex and real, I guess, intricate type of yeah thing. Because then you know, I guess, really, my but the whole purpose I was trying to uh, get out for this introduction is that from the eyes of the elders, I guess. That being Hopi, there's so much to it. Like, 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 you're not just born into it. Like we mentioned before. Like, I guess in my opinion, to me, to 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 really consider yourself a Hopi is that one. I do believe that you have to be born into it. That that's a part of it. Yeah, that's a part of it. I also believe that a part of it is learning our history. It's learning the history of your own village, knowing who you are or oh, where yeah. you come from. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's a part of it. Another part of it is our language, understanding the language, learning the language. Because then in our language, there's so much teachings. The way that you hear and understand our own culture and history from within our language, it hits differently. Oh, yeah. yeah and when you hear it in English, I think that that's a part of it. I also think that participation in cultural related things, farming, learning the importance of farming, and then our ceremonies, oh, yeah. learning the importance of ceremonies, I think that that's also a part of it. But then what I also think is a part of it too are some of the other things that we've been able to retain, like having your baby naming ceremony, because then to a degree... That you're given certain things through that. You're given a name. Yeah. You're given a Hopi name. And then also to it, it establishes who your Gya'as are, which is very important to have going through your life, whether you're male or female, is having your Gya'as and having that relationship to your Gya'as, your, your female relatives on your father's side of the family. And then as you go through adolescence, as you start to turn into those years to where you're becoming an adult initiation, Going in through your initiation process, first one for us in this day and age is Katina. And then for those that are, I guess, lucky enough to be from a village that have additional initiations, some sort of Wimi mm-hmm. in those villages, that's also a part of it too. And then also to the marriage, which we talked about extensively uh, in our marriage episode, what that represents and how that carries you forward. And so I guess, you know, it's just this long, constant trials and tribulations that constantly keep going until in your, in your old age. But I guess because like you're saying in the 21st century, now that we have so many other things going on in our lives that we want to pay attention to, because I had this thought over the weekend. I, I thought to myself, you know, what's the meaning of life? Yeah. Like, like, yeah. Like, like, you know, we, we ponder that question often. What's the meaning of life? And I thought in my head that, you know, it's probably the, the most basic, simplistic thing. And that's like happiness. Yeah. Yeah. Happiness, mental and physical health. And how do you reach that? It's, th- it's through this Hopi life that we're given it's all laid out for us. Oh, yeah. That we could be farmers full time and still live a good life. But because we want other things, 
We want uh, we want the TVs. We want a big house. Yeah. We want the nice cars. Yeah. We want the cool social media reputation status. We want these other things, and that kind of disrupts. It gets in the way. Yeah. Of what's really important: happiness, yeah. love, things like that. That that's really what we should be striving towards. But because then we have all these other things going on in our lives, and so that kind of makes it difficult. And so, really, you know, kind of a Hopi ideology is that you know, really, just living for the simple things oh, yeah. in life: happiness, love, um, looking for good health, physical health, good mental health, spirituality is another big thing because I don't think a lot of people. Out there are aware that Hopi's meditation is a big thing. Oh yeah, at least he sat long time ago, thinking about all of these things and helping to elevate your mind to get to, to the next a, level, a high, yeah. very very high level. And so that's kind of what we all well all encompass this idea of being Hopi. And so you know when you're thinking about becoming a Hopi, that it, it has all of these different things that come into play. But I guess really you know kind of to Talk about something specific that we really haven't talked about. One thing that I've always wanted to talk about, I've always wanted to talk about Hopi names. Yeah. Because getting a Hopi name is a part of this process of becoming Hopi. And I don't even know what your Hopi name is. You don't know what my Hopi name no. is? So I always just thought it was Nuxio Nux Hoya. <laughs> it's uh, called Wokotaka. Uh, <laughs> Big Hoskaitaka. <laughs> No, um, yeah, you know, like like what J-Man was saying is like, you know, the, the encompassing about how to be a Hopi and it, it involves a lot more than just weekend stuff at grandma's house, you know. <laughs> it encompasses a lot. There, there goes 75% of our listenership. <laughs> it was fun while it lasted. And it encompasses more than just coming out for a simple baby naming or like a traditional dance, a ceremony. You know, it encompasses more about that. It, it's it's not just what the outcome is. It's what builds up to that outcome. That's what makes you a, a Hopi. And that's what makes you part of that, that culture is what makes you part of it is that you start from you start from the bottom and then you go into the, the outcome of whatever it is, like the ceremonies. That's how that's how it is to be to be a real Hopi. Is to involve yourself in everything uh, about that. You know how I know you're a real Riz Hopi? Why? Because you can't say anything positive without saying something negative first. Well, of course, that's the reason why. <laughs> I live on the Riz. As Riz, as, as real Riz Hopis. Real, real, real oppressed, angry, and uh, lash out type of people, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I guess as far as as the, the names go because that is something that I didn't want to talk about that yet we've mentioned this prior on previous episodes that you know anybody that's born out here goes through a, a baby naming ceremony yeah. I guess yeah. and in Hopi you know for the lady they call it uh, her, her tiqatsi, yeah, where she's uh, having to stay within a home for 20 days no sunlight is allowed to enter into the room that the woman who just birthed the baby and the infant are staying in and on the twentieth day after the baby's born, then they're named. They're named by their paternal, yeah, the uh, father side of paternal uh, side of the family. Yeah. Usually they get us, yeah. But then you know sometimes you do receive names from the males from your fathers, and so one of the names, the name that I most commonly called by is uh, Sutta. Yeah. And so Sutta is my Hopi name. Uh, the longer version of that is Suttapka. And then other names that I've received is Tzhepya. Uh, is another one of my baby names. Kawan uh, Vewa is another Hopi name that I received. And then my children all received names too similar. And we received several names, numerous names. And then a lot of the times one name sticks. And so Sitta was the name that stuck. And growing up, I was called Sitta for all of my childhood because I, you know, really was only interacting with Hopis calling me Sitta. And then when I entered the day school, Kindergarten. My mother asked the teacher, "Can you call him Sita? Yeah, because he doesn't go by any other name. Yeah, you call him Justin. He won't answer to you because he's not 
used to that name. Yeah. And then so even though my teacher was a, a Pahan teacher, they, they called me Sutta, but he he said Suda. <laughs> your and, your uh, your, te- your your mom didn't say that. Uh, you have to call him Sutta because uh, he's a little uh, slow in the head. He doesn't know his real name, so it, it didn't go like that. No, it didn't go like that. <laughs> and and so I was I was that's what the teacher called me. And so for a good two years, I was called Suda. Uh-huh. But then the Hopi kids they finally caught on that it wasn't Suda, that it was Sutta. Yeah. And then so I ended up becoming Sutta, all the way through elementary school up to sixth grade. Yeah. But then when I transitioned to the Navajo school, to Tuba City Public School, that I didn't have the same, my mom didn't go to every single teacher that I had there and ask them to call me Sutta. Then that's when I became Justin. Yeah. And it was real, it was a real weird transition for me. Yeah. To be commonly known by one name and then getting my name changed all of a sudden in seventh grade. Yeah. And then having to be used to be called Justin. Because that wasn't a name that I was used to be used to being called. Yeah. And and so now, to this day, when I go to the village where I'm from, that that's what I'm called. I'm called Sitta. You know, I was I was always called Carl because uh, I went to a, a public school. Because when you were born, that all your kia saw you and oh, this guy's <laughs> not a real Hopi, so we're, we're not even going to give him any names. We're just going to call him Carl. No, is that how it went? No, the reason why is because. Um, because I didn't see that Hopi should be in like schools and stuff like that. Just the same way as like dressing up for your graduation and stuff like that. Like, you know, just keep the traditions out from the, from Bahana schools, Bahana teachings and stuff like that. So I just f- figured that, hey, I'm going to call myself a Bahana name because I'm going to a Bahana school. So that's the reason why I don't, I don't acknowledge, uh, like I don't flaunt my Hopiness like in, uh, like at, in, in front of everybody. But, but you like to flaunt it here on the podcast. Oh yeah, because it, <laughs> because I know I'm flaunting it uh, in front of an urban urban uh, native over here. That's why. <laughs> but it, it's I mean it's an interesting conversation because then you know outside of just our names that were named that you know a lot of us we have last names yeah that are Hopi and and so it's interesting to hear about how a lot of those last names come to be because then you know my my last name is Hungiva. But Hangiva doesn't mean anything in Hopi, but yet it's it's a Hopi last name. And then learning that my grandfather, on my father's side, my grandfather, his original last name was Kopelva. Uh-huh. And he had a falling out with his own father. And so he wanted to change his last name to his godfather's last name, which was Polihongva. And so Polihongva being his last name, but then of course you're having to have all of these interactions with non-Hopis. And then usually these interactions with non-Hopis, mostly Pahanam, that that's how the names get changed. And so Polihongva was shortened to Hongva, but somehow that E got in there. And then so it became Hangiva rather than Hongva. And then you have all these other stories that correlate too with many other last names that are out there. And so you think about like all the Hopis that are either Dallas or Talis, all the Dallas and Talises of the world that usually that uh, last name comes from the Lasvoyam or some something other that's similar and then uh, so, so forth and so forth. But how many people do you know that are primarily called by their Hopi name? Like just their Hopi name. Mm-hmm. I think I know several mm-hmm. just like there because they, you know, because you have, because in Hopi, you're born with, um, you're born with at least like three or four names. You have your Tsakon name, which is your baby name. And then when you grow up and then when you get initiated into the, you know, the, the first initiation, like Kachina society, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then you get a second name. And then when you go into Wimmi, wherever your Wimmi is at, uh, you know, like your, your father's side, that's what you'll become named after that's what your final name will be so in Hopi that's what basically that's what it is so like if people are using their Tsakon name from their baby names they're still a baby in mm-hmm. so like the the last name that you would get is from your Wimi your Wim father your Wimna and then that's when you go on and that's how you live as that person afterwards so 
a lot of the I I, I don't know I, I don't know uh, like you know there are several people that I, I do know that still uses their baby names as their actual name mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I mean like it's 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 kind of weird in a way but then it kind of makes sense because yeah I mean like it's still a name like mm-hmm, you you know mm-hmm. uh, like in uh, what was it one part of the world like this one guy's name is like um, uh, Ala Pichu Wichu 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 or something like that and that's his name you know and it's the same thing it's the same concept like that in Hopi traditions and stuff. So uh, I, I believe that, yeah, you could you could still be named a Hopi name and still have all of these great things like cars and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. you know. And then and we've mentioned before, too, that your name is given to you a name that represents your father's clan. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so my father's clan is Snake Clan. Yeah. And so Sita is uh, an element that's primarily used through the Tzitikive or other things that involves snakes and then that looking for snakes is, is also another name that I've been given and then my one of my older sisters one of her Hopi names is uh-huh. and so that's another name that's related to that uh, clan but it's funny to me because then when you think about like contemporary Hopi that you know there's there's we have our johns out here we yeah. we have our sallies out here yeah yeah basically you know people the one hopi name that's very common with with a lot of people and i think uh hongvi is probably like the equivalent to john because yeah. there's so many hongvis yeah. out there or so many hongvas out there and then i was trying to think what the equivalent for the sallies might be or the janes it's probably like sonwai because there's so many sonwais out there <laughs> there's uh trying to think of some other names but then even with the males too that you have tons of uh um how do you say handsome and hopi uh, lol, lol, lolma? No, handsome. Handsome? Mm. Suhimu. 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 You have lots I just of, went over you, my head. You have a lot of suhimus oh, out yeah. there too as well. And then there's a lot of summies out there too as well. I, I know both men and women that are both named sami. Yeah. But then you give up kopis. You guys pronounce it really weird. You guys say sami. <laughs> Sami. Which is kind of funny to me, but then you know it's pronounced it's pronounced Sami. Really, yeah. I never knew that. <laughs> You're probably the only one that do, knows all of these little things here, but and I'm the one that uh, Car- that Car- lives that lives the way, but Car- doesn't know Car- this. Carl Carl's uh, ideology is this, that if he does if he's never heard of it before, automatically it's a moon cup <laughs> thing. Oh, I didn't know that the sky's blue. That must be a moon cup <laughs> thing. <laughs> Baseball? I've never heard of this sport. That, that just must be a Munkup thing. <laughs> you Munkupies are weird out there. That's why. <laughs> another, uh, I know that there's another Hanwisa out there because my name is Hanwisa. Oh, okay. Only, yeah. only took you 20 minutes to answer the question. Yeah, and uh, I know there's another guy that's name is Hanwisa as well, too. And and just going back to, you know, J-Man's uh, names and stuff like that. Yes, my father was a snake clan as well, too. So um, my Hopi name is uh, Tzu Veima. Tzu Veima. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So okay. that's... that's uh, and then, then my actual adult name is Muyinkatsi. Uh, ah. My godfather is of uh, the Sun Clan. And then so Muyinkatsi. Yeah, my father is of the Sun Clan, too. Mine then... New Moon is what my Hopi name is. Mine is Peutap, uh, yeah. Yeah, where they betavi for the sun. So uh-huh. yeah, okay, I see. It was funny because um, because I I did know that I did know that when you do go through your initiation and you're given your new name, that the baby name is supposed to drop. Yeah, that you're no longer supposed to be called by your baby name. Yeah, because the fact that you're an adult going into adulthood, you're supposed to be then called by your new adult name. Mm-hmm. And then so I tried to start introducing myself in that way. What's your Hopi name? Then I would say Yeah. And then once I left high school And I got into college Because you know how the whole American Indian Studies paradigm is Is that you have to introduce yourself In your language Yeah. And then so when I would introduce myself In my language That's, that's what I would say I would say My name is And then they would always ask me Well what does that mean? It means new moon. Yeah. But around that time was when Twilight was real popular. 
Yeah. And it was really annoying because then I would say my name is New Moon. Yeah. And then people would laugh because then they thought I was making it up that I was trying to yeah, be a part like of a, the, the Twilight fan. See, he's probably a Team Jacob. Every <laughs> <laughs> ball probably as soon as I, I think he's Team Jacob. <laughs> but I always thought it was an interesting conversation to have about our names because there are some of us that do go through our lives primarily being known by our Hopi names. Yeah. And then you do have some folks whose legal name is actually their, their a Hopi, Hopi name. name. Yeah. It's their Hopi name. And then I always thought about changing my name because then people always tell me, well, if you prefer Sita, just change your name to Sita. Yeah. And then don't go by Justin. But I think that for me, for me particularly, that I used to really get annoyed when people would make fun of my name um, or if they would mispronounce my name or I would get really annoyed constantly having to talk about what my name means yeah. and how I got it. Like it's always a conversation every time you tell somebody this is what my name is. And so that was always why I kept my name Justin. And that's why I chose to name my kids behind the names oh, yeah. for their actual legal names because this is what it was like for me but then you have some people who are like the opposite. No, we should all be called by our indigenous names and we should all, you know, be walking around as, as Sitapka or uh, what was yours? Tuvaya? Tuvaya. You know, it'll be welcome to the Tuvaya and Sitta Man Save the World podcast. The Suda. (laughs) (laughs) But it's interesting, though, because then, you know, I do have a lot of Navajo friends that I met in college. They all call me Suda, too. And so you ever listen to the Yoff boys and you hear Hirsch (laughs) mention me, he always says Suda. He doesn't say J-Man or Justin. He says Suda because he's one of those people that learned of me in in that in in the college area in the college area as well but you know that was something that I kind of wanted to talk about but another thing that I kind of wanted to talk about too as far as this process of becoming Hopi I guess is kind of another one that's culturally sensitive because a lot of what we see as sacred perceive as sacred is involved with this idea of initiations Mm. because we've never talked about initiations but unfortunately, that there are things about initiations today that aren't secret anymore. That maybe <laughs> once a time used to be secret. But basically, that for Hopis, that when you go into adulthood, that you are initiated into societies. Yeah. And being initiated into these societies, that that was signification that you're becoming an adult and that you're supposed to be a productive person for your village yeah. as far yeah. as our ceremonies go. And so the most common society that's still around today that mostly everybody gets initiated or wimkia into is the Katina society. Yeah. And yeah. so both boys and girls get wimkia. And usually it happens around ages, I would say probably like 8 to 12 that I know some people that got Wimka as young as eight years old. Me, I got Wimka when I was 10. But then I know folks that were like 12 or even in their teenage years mm-hmm. that got Wimka because for whatever reason, they weren't able to do it at an earlier age. And so that's kind of another big significance in a Hopi person's life. Because then, you know, when you grow up, you have mom and dad. Yeah. And that's the only people that you know as oh, yeah, yeah. mom and dad. But then when you get closer to getting initiated, you're given new parents and you get another mom and dad instead of mom and dad. Yeah. And we call them godparents. Yeah. I guess in in the English language, we call them godparents. But more accurate is uh, which means Kachina father um, or your Kachina mother, because then they're the ones that are quote unquote sponsoring you to get initiated into this society and then gaining new parents you gain new relatives and so I was given to a man of the Sun Clan and then so that in turn made all Sun Clan men my fathers and that in turn made all Sun Clan women my guests yeah and then so all of a sudden you get new relatives new relatives and then so those relatives kind of stay with you as you move forward throughout your life you know all of my um all of my spider clan dads out here 
they get uh, they get new wives, so I get a new mama every time. So I was like, which which Mother's Day should I go for first? You know, <laughs> which one cooks the best? which one cooks the best? You know, <laughs> how many Mother's Days do I go to? And uh, there's another mom that's there's so, uh, oh, where's the other mom at? <laughs> but you know, one thing I was thinking about because then I think that you and I we, we we do our best to try to be real respectful as far as you know what's considered sacred when it comes to our ceremonies. But you know, there are a lot of things that are common knowledge now, and you know, especially when I was thinking about this topic of initiation, one thing that it's pretty much public knowledge is that when you undergo getting initiated into the Kachina Society, is that you're whipped. That you're whipped by the kachinas with a, a whip made out of yucca, and I remember growing up as a kid that I was so fearful of turning ten. For some reason, I had it in my head that I'm gonna get wimka when I'm ten years old. I think that because I saw a lot of people that were older than me, that was kind of like the common age or, or the the median age. Yeah, yeah. For for people to go get wimka, and so when I was a kid, prior to turning ten years old, I just dreaded. This idea of turning 10 because I'm going to get wimkia, because I'm going to get whipped. Yeah. I'm going to get whipped by the kachinas. And I remember when I actually turned 10, my parents told me, they said, you can wait if you want to. You can wait till you're 12 to get wimkia. But I was so determined to get wimkia when I was 10 because yeah. all of my other friends in my class <laughs> we're going to get Wimka <laughs> and I didn't want to be left out I didn't want to be the only kid in my class that wasn't Wimka yeah. and so I really pushed to, to get Wimka that year because all of my friends were getting Wimka wow so the pressures of even <laughs> even though it's not the pressures of uh, social media back then it still <laughs> was Pre- the pressures, pressures of, of, uh, of growing of up peers. Yeah, yeah growing up man that's crazy and you know I, I think at least as far as becoming Hopi or even growing up Hopi that, that I guess is such a uniqueness of growing up out here yeah. on the reservation growing up in one of our Hopi schools is that it's so common that everything that you have culturally that all the kids in your class have that same thing too. Yeah, yeah. And then so we've talked about our ceremonial cycle a lot that when February comes around, Bawomaya happens, quote unquote, Hopi Christmas. We get autas, we get ayas, we get all of these different gifts from the Katina. But then once we leave the villages and we go back to the classrooms, when it comes to playground time, what are we doing? We're often playing kachinas. Yeah. We're all acting like kachinas because that's something that's fresh in our minds that just happened in the villages. And then as the cycle continues, when it gets to springtime, when the wawash katinam come out, when the racer kachinas come out, what are we doing on the playground? We're acting like we're wawash katinam. And we're having races with each other on the playground. And then as the summer goes into the fall, and then when the lady societies start to have their ceremonies, then what are we doing? We're throwing frisbees, <laughs> yelling around on the playground. Oh, 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 bainalai, bainalai. We're, we're, playing, yeah, we're yeah. playing basket dance. It, I, grew up, I grew up in the Navajo school, so... The ones that we do is just like we're playing uh, Yebiches and uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we never used to play all those games because I I grew up in the Navajo school. Damn it! <laughs> yeah, so I guess you're not a quote unquote real Hopi then. <laughs> I was a lone Hopi over there, it was like all oh, you Navajos. But I guess you know, kind of one of the important things of understanding getting initiated or getting Wimka into some of these adult societies is that it. it does go into molding your identity because then getting initiated, you learn things. Yeah. You learn things as it pertains to our ceremony. You learn histories as it pertains to these ceremonies and these societies and what they mean. And in, in a way too, like you think about the military, you think about the different stripes that a military person has, that's their rank. Yeah. And then getting Wimka into these societies, that in turn gives you these stripes it gives you some sort of ranking because then now you're able to be a part of certain ceremonies. Now you hold certain knowledge. Now you hold certain abilities to do certain things. And so getting Wimka into these societies helps to reinforce your pathway on becoming a Hopi. 
because as much as hope is in our heads as we deal with working with the physical world, that we also work within the spiritual world, the spiritual realm, and then some of these societies give you the ability to so, be able to do that. So are you are you proud to be Hopi in the 21st century? Are you proud to be like this? I'm proud. I think I'm proud. <laughs> proud of like all of what's going on right now, like with the, uh, you know, like social media and like, you know, people blasting and, you know, all these different things like that. Are you, I, I are you th- proud to be? I, like- I think that's a really good question. I'm very proud of what happens within our villages that's not on social media. Yeah. I'm very proud of what happens at our cornfields that's not on social media. I'm very proud. You know, I, I'm very proud. I, I really truly believe that Hopi is so distinct from a lot of oh, yeah, other it is. tribes. Yeah, it is. It, it is. Because just the way that we think about things, even just that idea that, you know, becoming a Hopi, that you're not just born a Hopi, that you have to earn it, basically. Yeah. You have yeah. to live a life in a certain way. You have to undergo certain things. And so, it to me, it's this idea of never being content in a way. It's this idea that you're always working. You're always working to achieve a goal. And Hopi, that's another big thing about our life is that we work is such a big thing in terms of yeah. how, we, how we believe things. We're always supposed to be working. Working is important because working makes you strong. Working makes you appreciate things that we don't believe in this idea of just being handed something, being given something. Oh, yeah. You always yeah. have to pay for all of the good things in life. And so that I'm very proud of. But there's a lot of things, you know, I mean, that that, that goes you're not on, really proud of on the reservation that I wish we I wish we really would just kind of take a strong look in the mirror and really understand that a long time ago that in order to have a good ceremony, that didn't mean that a truckload of oranges is provided. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's not a part yeah. of our yeah. dances. I wish we would look in the mirror and realize that these big pallets of Bahangamni don't need to be involved in our weddings. Yeah, I really wish that people would do things out of the goodness of their heart and really understand that sometimes when something's small, it can still be good. Yeah. Not everything has to be grand. When things, it can still be good if it's small. Oh, yeah, exactly. I know that, you know, for me, I see Hopi as a struggling part of society. Yes, there is a lot of goodness in in Hopi society. You know, we, we still are holding strong with our um, our culture. Our language is still going strong, but yet when we look at all of the, what's going on in reality, like all the suicides, death, drug abuse, all of these alcoholism, that's, that's what gets in the way of being a true Hopi. That's what makes it where it's like, you're not, you're not going to uh, understand what real Hopi is like when you do these types of things like that. Yes, I know that, uh, you know, like a lot of these things can't be avoided because of what we are living right now. Like, uh, you know, all of the, when you hear about that, you know, you hear like, you know, you, you picture like this is, the world is in chaos and, and we can't help but doing that. But when you find out that it doesn't have to be like that, then you can actually achieve uh, how to become a real Hopi or a true Hopi. And that's what I was saying before is like, it's very, very hard to be a traditional Hopi in the 21st century. I, I, I've always believed that like my Jedi metaphor at the beginning of the <laughs> podcast, because he tells Luke that now this at this time, then and only then will you be a Jedi. Yeah. I believe that's true for us. I believe that only in certain moments are we true Hopis. Oh yeah. We real Hopis. But then once we leave those realms, then we go back to being Bahan Bahan. Hopis. 
All right. Well, we have, uh, we're almost up to that time now. So is there anything else you would like to tell the world about your midichlorons or uh, Jedi Actually, ways? I, I would like to give a plug to our uh, Navajo buddies over at your auntie's favorite podcast, because if Carl truly, really pissed you off today, <laughs> I encourage you to listen to their newest episode. I believe it's called Little Daddy. And then, uh, you know, they say some very unflattering things flattering things about the podcast but primarily carl's so uh <laughs> if you need if you need if, if you need some uh feel, feel better after this <laughs> I, I encourage you to listen to that and if you still are a true listener of the cj podcast <laughs> here <laughs> i congratulate you for getting to this end and it is time for us to go on a break I don't know how long our break's going to last, but we'll let you know on social media. And we'll definitely be working because Carl and I did have a serious talk and we did decide that, hey, we need to get serious yeah, we, we do. about some of the promises that we've made so far. So uh, we, you will hear from us about some of the new things that we're going to be working on, primarily our 30-pack circle of givers. If you are giving to us monthly, we definitely want to pay you back in some sort of way. Like we said, I hope we have to work for everything. Exactly. So. You know, and you know, thank you all for for listening to us. And you know, this is a perfect time to catch up on past episodes. So from season one, all the way to season seven here. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you gone this far, thank you again for listening to us. If you want to donate something, go to anchor.fm slash CJ podcast 85 to become a monthly donor of four 99 or nine 99 a month. And we appreciate you all for doing what you can for us. Or if you just want to donate a dollar or more, go to buymeacoffee.com slash CJ podcast and to donate $1 or more. And if you're not following us on our social media accounts, you can find us at Carl and J man on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, Carl will be working on the YouTube. So at some point you will be yes. listening to this on YouTube. If you're listening to this on Apple podcast, don't forget to leave us a five-star review. That really helps us out. If you're listening to this on any other platform aside, Spotify, give us a second listen on Spotify. That also really helps us out as they are giving us some change. Oh, exactly. All right. Well, thank you again for listening to Carl and J-Man Save the World podcast. My name is Carl and this is my best friend, J-Man. So long. What flash? <laughs>